Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 50, and happy Saturday night. I'm getting to you kind of late this week on the podcast, but didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Uh, no interview today, it's just going to be some personal stories by yours truly, Bill T. And uh, those of you that don't like hearing about the bull run bus, eh, you might want to tune out, but you're probably going to miss one heck of a story. So uh, first I want to give some shout outs to some of our supporters this week. Some of the people that supported the podcast are uh, Barry Smith supported the podcast, uh, Roger Martin, Chris Eliadis, and uh, Daniel Nelson at Austin, Texas. So all those guys supported the podcast, went on to the store at Let's Talk Does, bought some stickers, bought some t-shirts, did some stuff to support their favorite podcast. So don't forget you guys can go uh, for this Christmas season for your favorite V-Dub head. You guys can go get them a What's Your VW Story t-shirt. So uh, on today's podcast, I was going through the library podcast and I thought I told the story, but I don't think I've told the story. And so today you guys are going to get the story of the bull run bus. Now, we talked about how this, how the car got on Bull Run, but the story I wanted to go over today was actually how I got that bus. So, um, it's a pretty good story, if I don't say so myself. It goes way back. Now, this goes back to 1992 is when I first found the bus. And I was working at a stereo shop, and I just quit my job. And I had my 63 ragtop bug. I'd had that bug, and then... Uh, I was parked at home, so my buddy wanted to go up to, my buddy Sam Smith wanted to run to Reno to look at a double cab. As we headed up to Reno, we cut through every little town between Vegas and Reno, Mina, Nevada, and Beatty, and all these little small towns. We were driving his 1992 Prelude, right? So that the brand new Prelude that just came out, the new body style, and uh, we're just cruising up the 95, headed up to Reno, and we pull into Goldfield, Nevada. Now, if you don't know where Goldfield, Nevada is, Goldfield, Nevada is about 175 miles outside of Las Vegas, and it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Goldfield, Nevada in the 40s was the largest city in Nevada, and there was a huge gold claim there. A lot of people came there. The town dried up, and then they just vaporized out of that town. So it was a bustling city in the 40s, and then shortly thereafter, it just became, I mean, like a ghost town. So, And if you've ever been through Goldfield, Nevada, You'll notice there's an exorbitant amount of vehicles there. And the reason why is not far out of Goldfield, there was a guy that had a couple hundred vehicles on his lot. And uh, the state or city came in and told him he had to get rid of them all. So he went to Goldfield and told everybody if they wanted a car, come get it out of his junkyard. So, of course, everybody in Goldfield just wanted to have something, just went and took took all kinds of cars from this guy's wrecking yard. So when you go to Goldfield, there's way more cars than people there. And so uh, my buddy Sam and I are driving through Goldfield in like uh, some sort of um, like some sort of savant. I'm sitting in the passenger seat and I'm like, go left, go right, turn here, turn there. And we're just driving through all these little back areas. And that's where I found a 62 square back that had the Sergeant badge uh, mud flaps on it. And, uh, it was an early square back, and that ended up coming back to Vegas a few years later. And then as you're driving through the middle of Goldfield, there's one street that kind of tees into the main road next to the gas station. There was like an old service station there. And just looking down the right of that was a, a row of abandoned trailers. And right next to the row of abandoned trailers, there was my 67 13-window deluxe sitting there. And now this is 19, <clears throat> 1992. And buses aren't very popular in regards to like the street crowd. Uh, it's their um, the bugs are more the hot thing at this time. So I check it out and I'm just like eyes are popping out of my head because this thing's a 13 window deluxe. 
I look at it, we take some pictures, and when you guys can go to the blog, and I'm posting all the pictures of everything that we're talking about. So pictures of before I touched it, before I moved it in 1990, or, well, that'd be later when I go back in 2001 and buy the bus. I think it was the, it may, it may have been the end of 2000. So I see the bus sitting there, and it's a 13 a Deluxe. It's a velvet, velvet green with white, and it's 98% complete. I mean, it's missing the middle seat, the interior door handles. And in a motor, uh, the transmission's not in it, or transaxle's not in it. It's sitting next to it, but uh, you know, in Goldfield, Nevada, when you get a Baja, you pick up any of their VW and you just scavenge parts to keep your Baja going. So, this car had actually been there parked. The license plates, looking back, I regret. <laughs> I sold the matching front and rear black and yellow California plates for that thing. I sold those. I cut a fat hog at Pomona and sold them for like fifty bucks. And in hindsight, I kind of wish I'd have kept those, but you know, you live and you learn. But uh, the li- the the license plates had expired in 1976, so when it was parked there, it was uh, about 10 years old. You know, figuring if you bought a '67 and '66, so um, that's when it was parked there. And this was now 1991, 92 when I found it. And back in I now, meanwhile, I just quit my job. I don't have two nickels to rub together, so. Owning this bus is a dream at this point. I mean, I don't even have a friend with a trailer. I don't even know how I'd get it. I don't even know if I've got a friend that has a truck that's reliable that'll drive that far and pick it up for me. So uh, we head on up to Reno. We stay at my buddy Sam's uncle's place. We go look at a double cab he wanted to buy. Uh, he ends up knocking the double cab. We come back through. Now on the way, almost up to Reno, there was a turnoff for Shures, Nevada. And the the highway split right at the intersection and the inside of the intersection like it was a it was a Y. The inside of the Y was a Lotus White on White 13 window deluxe walkthrough that uh, my friend Scott Moses later went back and got. Uh, I stopped and talked to the guy that owned it and got his phone number, put it in my wallet for later. And I think Scott ended up buying that thing for four hundred bucks. So fast forward now, the bus is way off my radar. It's now. 10 years later, I'm married and I got my first, my first kid is born and I'm working in Reno managing a, a division of, of a flooring company up there and one down here in Las Vegas. And so my wife and I are driving back and forth up there. And at this point now I've sold all my Volkswagens and, uh, I'm thinking to get back into a project. And, uh, as we're going up there, I tell her about this bus and I said, you know, there's this bus in Goldfield, Nevada. If we go through there, I'll show it to you. If it's still there, man, I would love to buy that thing. It would be so cool for our family to be in that bus now that we've got kids and stuff. So she says, well, yeah, if it's there and you can get it, why don't you get it? You know, so wrong thing for her to say. So we get, uh, we get to Goldfield, Nevada. I check it out and, you know, take a couple pictures of it and talk to some of the people around there and find out who owns it and, we head up to, we continue on to Reno, and then on the way home, I stop again, and I track down the owner, and the guy says, like, oh, yeah, it's crazy Mary. She lives up on the hill, so anyway, we go, and uh, I track this lady down, and I said, yeah, I'd like to buy that bus, and so she says, yeah, I'll sell you that bus. I said, what do you want for it? She says, I want $100 for it. I said, okay, I'll bring you $100 on Saturday. So I head back home. I get a get touch my buddy Chris Broswell. He's my only friend at this point now that I, that I know that has a truck and a trailer. 
So he and I head up there, and I'm thinking that Goldfield, Nevada is way closer than it actually is. And if you've ever driven from Vegas to Reno, it's a series of valleys. And as you crest over the hill and you come into a valley, you think, oh, yeah, this is this next city. And it's, it's actually not. So um, it's, every valley looks the same. So uh, we go up there and, you know, after about three times, oh, yeah, I think this is the valley. We pass Tonopah and all that stuff. And it's past Tonopah. So Goldfield, Nevada is quite a ways up, you know, from Las Vegas. So we get there and... Uh, I talk to the, I, try, I go to the lady's mobile home where she's living and walk in there and meet with her. And so I said, uh, yeah, I'm here to get that bus. She goes, oh, okay. So I brought all 20s. So the stack looked huge. And I meet with this gal and give her the money. And she no sooner <laughs> takes the money out of my hands than leaves me in the house. And so I'm like, all right, this is awkward, right? So she bolted to the bar or wherever she was going. And uh, I went and headed on into, uh, headed on over to pick up the bus now across the street from the bus. So the bus was like in this, um, it was like in this, uh, it was like, it seemed like an abandoned trailer park is really what it looked like. And, and, uh, I'm zooming on a map as I'm looking at, it. I'll put some snapshots of where it was, but it was like an abandoned trailer park and it sat right next to this, this mobile home. And, uh, right across from that, it looked like a, a little bit bigger than a shed, about the size of a garage, and it had a window in the front, and had a door, and it was painted, it's a yellow door, and it was painted in like red, uh, you know, red paintbrush. It said bar on the front door. So I failed to tell my buddy Chris that this car had no transaxle in it, and uh, I just figured he's got a trailer, we'll get it on there. And so we show up, and he's like, uh, You didn't tell me there's no wheels in the back. I'm like, Oh, is that a problem? <laughs> so uh, we end up kind of finagling the trailer underneath there. Meanwhile, some patrons of the bar come out and have heard some commotion going on now. So they come out to see what, what's going on out here. And uh, and as they come out, <laughs> there's this dude. I kid you not, he has a, kind of a flat brim, west western style hat. He's got ghost white hair. And the guy introduces himself as Bones. Now, Bones has a white mustache that's turning yellow from cigarettes, and it's got a, about a half-circle burn mark on the right-hand side so that uh, you could see he's maybe dozed off a few times while ha- puffing a cigarette. So he's there, and he's, he's a few sheets to the wind, and he's there with his buddy, and they just got back from hunting of some sort. So they've got a couple rifles, and I'm looking at Chris, and I'm like, man, we got to get this thing loaded up and get out of here. So uh, we put a piece of plywood underneath the rear spring plates and kind of wedged the trailer underneath it. And then he, luckily he brought a come along and we kind of drug it up the trailer, barely strapped it down and just kind of hightailed it out of there just due to the fact that these guys, um, they had been drinking and it didn't look like it was a recipe for anything good was going to happen. So we had to get the heck out of there. So we end up uh, loading that thing up. I bring it home. Super stoked. There's no back end in it. We set it up in my garage. And uh, now the plan the plan starts going. And my original plan for the bus was I'm just going to get it on the road. Nothing too special. Uh, maybe like a 1776 or an 1800. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do BRMs or five spokes on it. And, uh, and, you'll, and you'll see the pictures on the blog post of kind of how I had it set up. And this bus was actually super straight. And it was uh, most mostly original. I mean, the bus was really, really complete. You'll see in the pictures. 
that I posted on there. So I get the wheels on it, and I think I had a 1600 I kind of jammed in there, and I got the car driving a little bit and uh, got it sitting in front of my house, taking some pictures of it, and then making the plan of what I want to do with it. And then I decide as I'm on vintagebus.com and I'm looking around trying to get some ideas. And back then, there's a guy by the name of Ricky James out of the UK that had a uh, had a barn door, like a barn door Samba with, uh, I think he had a, I want to say he had a Porsche motor in the thing. And uh, that thing was looking pretty sick. And I, I kind of was digging a lot of the early buses that they were doing back then, but I, I'm not really a vintage guy, so I didn't I didn't want to do um, like a like a vintage deal. I wanted to do more of a uh, more of a kind of custom look with a vintage like like a like a tip of the hat to the vintage stuff with uh, with a color combo. And as I'm surfing the internet, I'm looking around, I'm looking for ideas, and uh, as I'm looking at these buses that are ceiling wax and brown, I'm thinking. I've always loved guards red, so I thought I would do it guards red on the bottom and then black on the top so that it would be somewhat of a throwback to a vintage style but more of a modern performance. And then as I went down that road, I thought I was still thinking I was doing BRMs and there was a bus that year at the Octo Show that was on BRMs, black and red bus on Octo, ceiling wax and, and chestnut. And it was sitting on BRMs and I was just kind of like, yeah, somebody already did it. And, you know, back then, you know, you only had the wheels that came on them and not a lot of people were thinking out of the box and getting different wheels. So I was trying to come up with something unique. And I think I saw a bus in England somewhere that had the 17 inch Porsche wheels on there and it was sitting super high. And I was like, you know what? That's what I'm doing. I'm doing some, I'm doing some 17s on here. And it just so happens that during this time, I happen to be down at Pomona. I'm selling some parts down there, and I bought a 67 to fix up another. So once I bought the bus, I started buying Volkswagens again. And I, next thing you know, the wife didn't know what happened. We had two, three VWs in front of the house, and we were really trashing up the neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, I'm down in Pomona, and I'm parting out some Porsche stuff, and I've got two Porsche 5-speeds there. And I bump into Russell from Old Speed. And I get to talking to Russell and he's like, do you have brakes for your bus? And I was just like, yeah, I just got the stock drum brakes. And he's like, you ought to get set up with the Porsche brakes. And I'm like, really? What do you mean? And he's like, oh yeah, I do the kit where I modify them and I, you know, put these spacers in there and do this and I make the bracket. And I was like, oh, that's cool, man. And he's like, yeah, I got some of these things right here. He's like, uh, and I said, what do you, you want to trade something for him? He's like, yeah, I'll take that tranny for him. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, cause I, was, I think I wanted $200 for the tranny or something, something ridiculously low. So I end up trading Russell at Old Speed when I see him at Pomona. It's the first time I'm meeting him. And so I trade him the Porsche 5-speed for the 944 conversion kit. And then I get home and I go pick up the rotors and the calipers uh, at a wrecking yard. Get on to a pick apart and I go pull those. Now I got my Porsche wheels on there. And, uh, and I'm trying to look for the wheels. So I end up finding a set of, I was originally for some cup wheels. And I end up finding the 17-inch twists. So I find the 17-inch twists, and just by luck with the offset that they had, I didn't have to narrow the beam. They fit perfectly underneath the front of the bus with the offset, changing the brakes to disc brakes. So that fit perfectly. Now, in the meanwhile, 
you know, I tear the bus down and send it over to our buddy Carlos Barajas who painted it for us. And our buddy Carlos was just a phenomenal painter. Unfortunately, he, he died a few years back in a motorcycle accident. So, uh, rest in peace, Carlos, uh, one of the best painters in Las Vegas. So, and also VW guy. So, um, I sent it over to Carlos, Carlos's house, uh, to paint it. And this bus was, this bus was pretty straight. I mean, compared to the stuff that we see now, there's on that bus, there was not one single piece of metal that had to be fabbed in. Everything is the original metal of that bus. The dog leg was a little bit, uh, ranched. There's a crease across the two cargo doors and there was somebody had hit breaking the front windshields out. They'd hit the center post. Other than that, I mean, the bus was really pretty straight still in original paint. So Carlos spends, uh, probably six to eight months getting the thing prepped and painted, getting it all done. And he calls me up when he's trying to figure out what to do with the dash. And he goes, do you want to do the, you want to do the dash black or you want to do it red? And I said, well, why don't we two tone it? And let's just, let's just do the insert. The flat part of the dash we will do red. We'll do the top and the bottom black. And if you ever look at the two-tone buses, most of the dashes are all black and it kind of just blends in and looks and it just kind of disappears. And then he accented it with a silver pinstripe. So that was one of the other unique features about the bus was the way the dashboard was painted because no other buses had painted their dashes two-tone like that, that I had seen at least at that point. So, so now I, I get the bus back and I've got my, I'm starting to do the assembly on it. I order the safaris, you know, front row safaris. I send the bumpers out to get chromed. I send all the aluminum trim out to get repolished. All the trim on that bus is all the original trim. All the glass is the original glass from that bus with the exception of the windshield. Uh, the windshield and I think the back window. Um, and then, uh, I mean, gel bars are original to it. Pretty much everything's original to it. And so I'm coming up with what I'm doing for the interior. And I decide that I was going to do, because mind you, this back back in... 2000 I'm building this car at home in my garage and my son's helping me and so you'll see some pictures on the uh on the blog post about my son standing next to me with the with the bus and you know he's just a you know two years old and hanging out with dad in the garage so this is still kind of a personal build for me so we end up uh I end up ordering a TMI interior kit for it so order, uh, you know, red seats, red and black seats, front and rear. And then I get the middle seat. And during that time, you might remember a bus that was out back in the day called box rod, right? Uh, I'm not sure if you, if you'll remember it or not. Anyway, it was a chopped green and black bus a guy named Derek Campbell out of Vegas built it. Well, that bus originally was another velvet green and white bus that I picked up in Salt Lake city. Uh, bought it for like $1,800. Um, to bring it back to Vegas to sell to my buddy Derek to get him back in the scene. But it was on one condition that I was keeping the interior door handles and the middle seat, which my bus didn't have. And then when I got it back, I noticed the middle seat had those ivory handles on the top. And I was just kind of like the whole vibe of the bus wasn't jiving with those dorky looking handles. So I sold the middle seat and I bought a 68 full length middle seat with a side latch on it, which to me looked way cleaner because it didn't have the, uh, the grab bars on the top of the seat. So, uh, that's what I ended up doing with the interior on it. So I did the red and black, um, TMI interior kit with it. And, uh, the dash is now two tone. I've got my disc brakes all the way around. 
getting pretty excited. And meanwhile, I had met a guy named Scott, and I can't remember his last name. Guy was out of the Bay Area, and he had a panel. And somehow he and I got to talking at one of the VW shows, and this is before my bus is done. And we're talking about uh, motors put in the bus. And I said, yeah, I think I want to, you know, I want to do something reliable. So I, I'm not going to do a 2300. I'm going to do like a, you know, 1776 or 1835. And he starts talking to me about type fours. I'm like, what is this type four business you speak of? And so he just starts kicking me all the knowledge about the type fours, about the torque, you know, 2.3 liter with all German parts. And I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad deal. And so he, then he turns to me, I was like, yeah, you got to check this guy out, Jake Raby. So I go on the internet and look at Raby's page and get on the phone with him. And then I just bite the bullet and buy a motor, $8,500 complete. And all my buddies are like, man, you're crazy. 8,500 bucks for a motor. That's outrageous. And I'm thinking that's a complete motor, man. It seems like a pretty good deal to me. And it's a 2.3 liter. So, uh, I get that motor buy that motor, complete turnkey, dyno tuned and everything from Jake Raby. And, uh, that motor shows up. I have RC trans build a freeway flyer with a heavy duty gearbox in it. And then that thing, uh, starts coming together and I get the thing put together. Super stoked. I finish it for the 2002 VW classic and, uh, I'm, uh, bringing it to the VW Classic. I'm super excited. It's my first show with the bus. It's my first car that's actually ever completed, painted, interior, everything. So I'm super jazzed. I remember going to the first DKP meet that you heard me talking to Bill Schwimmer about. And this is back, would have been 2001. And it's when uh, Nick's was Dairy Queen. And I go there and pull in the bus. And the bus is getting a lot of looks because it's 2000. I think it's 2002. 2002. And, uh, 2002 and no buses are sitting on 17 inch wheels. No buses are sitting on Porsche brakes all the way around. I mean, this is stuff when, uh, you know, uh, Russell's doing this stuff. He's, he just started doing this stuff. So there, it's not all over the place like it is today. And, you know, I go to the DKP meet, it gets a lot of attraction there. And, uh, next morning, I mean, I'm stoked. We're like, we're at the classic. These are the good old days at the crown plaza where it's just just a huge just rager down in the parking lot all night like just people hanging out cools to the cool cars are showing up all kinds of new stuff and it's just like just this cool buzz the whole weekend of like you know the toy and lit show open houses all that stuff and then sunday morning is a classic so me being super stoked to get my bus there man i get the very first spot i'm like 5 30 i'm up driving in the classic one of the first ones in line i get the first spot and I debut the bus, the VW Classic 2002, and I take first in the bus class. So I'm just like blown out of the water, totally stoked. Like I'm on cloud nine. And then Bruce Samerta gets a hold of me and he says, hey, I'd like to shoot your bus. So I'm like super jazzed now. I'm like, oh, this is so cool, man. I'm, I'm going to get my car in the magazine. So Bruce says, you know, I'm coming out to Vegas in a little bit, so I'll shoot it. I'll shoot it, you know couple weeks or whatever and at the same time i meet shin who's now hot vw's shin comes up to talk to me and uh to get a shot for let's play vw's who he's shooting for at the time and then uh super vw approaches me um 
And so the car, the bus gets shot for both Super VW and uh, Let's Play VWs that weekend. And then uh, also they're shooting a documentary at the Classic that weekend. It's about the Volkswagen. It's, it, was on a channel, it was on a TV show called Car Carchaeology, I think it was. Um, if I'm not mistaken, or carography, archaeology's Randy Carlson's site. Randy Carlson is one of the uh, narrators on there, and uh, as they're walking around, talking to people, they interview me, and I'll try to put a little snippet of that if I can find it. Uh, I'll put a snippet of that on uh, on the uh, on my Instagram or Facebook, so you guys can check that out. It's pretty cool. So. Not only do I get shot for two magazines, but they also get interview I also get interviewed for a a documentary and I talk about, you know, buses and just Volkswagens, how Volkswagens are so unique and they're a blank canvas for everybody to use. So it's pretty I mean, I'm like, man, I'm ready to, I'm ready to, I'm like I've I've came to the mountaintop and I can die now because like my car is featured for the magazine. I was in this and all this stuff. And so that I'm thinking is pretty cool. I, you know, now I, st- I, and I've shown it once now, now I'm starting to drive the crap out of it. 2.3 liter motors, a blast to drive. That bus just rips around. I put to shame all the street bugs in town with 1800s and 1700s and 1914s and all stuff. Anybody's got anything that they think is fast, the bus just walks them. So it's just, it's the most fun thing to drive around. I go continue hitting a couple shows and then, uh, and then, um, I decided to put the bus up for sale. And I think it's 2003 at the time. And I said, you know, I'm going to put my bus up. I'm going to, I'm going to sell it for $35,000. So I put it up for sale for 35,000. The next show coming up is Sacramento. So I drive up to the SAC show. I tow it out to the Sacramento show. And then I drive it around when I'm up there. And I remember talking to a guy and I can't remember who the guy was, but I talked to a guy after the show and he was interested in the bus, wanted to drive it and all this stuff. And he ends up not buying it. And then, I get back home to Vegas a week or two later, a guy calls me up, wants to come over and take a look at the bus. Um, comes over, takes a look at the bus and he says, well, you know, what do you, what do you want for the bus? I said, well, I'm asking 35,000 for it. And I won't take a penny less than 30,000. This is 2003. And I said, and he says, all right, well, that's what I'm offering you. 30,000 bucks. And then I pause and I think, I said, well, what are you going to do with it? And he says, I'll probably just take it down to my beach house. And I said, well, give me your number and I'll call you back. And uh, I'll let you know. Let me think about it. So he gave me his number. And then I go in the house. I'm just sitting there looking at my bus, thinking about all the stuff and all the fun I had in this thing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to build another one. I'm like, I don't need, I don't need to sell it. I'm like, forget it. I'm not going to sell it. But long story short, the guy... <laughs> The guy that I turned down to buy the bus that offered me the money, uh, you know, 15 years later, 16 years later, buys my Type 34 Carmen Ghia. So it's interesting how eventually he he ended up, he did buy one of my cars and he bought the Ghia. So, um, so I have the bus and I think the bus is done at that point. And then um, later in 2000, 2008, 2007, uh, I log on to, I'm watching the TV show Bull Run. I log on, I put some stuff up about the bus, 
don't pay any attention to it. And then in 2008, I get a phone call to be on the TV show Bull Run, and then that's then then the rest is that history where the bus then becomes the Bull Run bus after the TV show. Leave all the stickers and all that stuff on it, but the bus was on the road for five years before six years before it was on the TV show, and now the bus as she sits now is uh, getting revamped again. So. I'd be looking forward to show you guys a bus when it comes out. Uh, We're modifying the inside a little bit, so it'll be kind of a mobile podcast studio. It'll still look like the same bus. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of roof section on there, so I'll get the the roof clip in there with the rag top and the skylights, finish off the deluxe I always wanted. And I thought about that a lot. I thought about, you know, my brother was really against me doing the roof section to it, and my thought on it was, well, you know what, I don't, again, I don't want to build another bus. This is my bus. And, you know, his thought process to me was like, well, you know, you can't go and cut that bus up. That bus is, that bus is, uh, there's, there's history with that bus. And I said, yeah, but the history's not over with this bus. This is still going to continue to be my bus. And so I'm going to put the roof section in it because I always wanted the roof section. Now they've got roof sections where they're a pretty decent deal to do. So anyway, uh, she went in for that, and then now we're going to be redoing the interior. So we're going to be updating the whole bus. I'm hoping to have it out for uh, this summer for some of the shows. It should be complete um, with new interior and possibly new suspension, re- the wheels refinished, dialed in, making it sit a little bit lower, and a little bit, a little bit of change to some of the graphics that are on it existing. So I may uh, do a little less marketing for the TV show bull run a little more personal marketing for the podcast. So, uh, but you guys will know what that's all about, but yeah, that's what, uh, I wanted to talk about on today's podcast. I wanted to just kind of give you guys the history of the bull run bus or how the bull run bus, uh, came into my hands. And so the short version is I bought it for a hundred dollars in Goldfield, Nevada. And that's my favorite thing to tell people because everybody just freaks out. But back then buses were, not as desirable as they have become in the past few years. So it's, uh, she's been a good bus. The motor that's in it now is still the same motor running. That's never had the heads pulled off of it or anything since then. So it's got tens of thousands of miles on it and, uh, still runs strong. It's still my good, trusty, dependable bus. So, but, uh, I wanted to share that story with you guys, man, for episode number 50. Uh, we've got a few more episodes to close out this year. I apologize for not knocking one out for you guys yesterday, but uh, I got some interviews lined up coming up this week. Um, but, uh, you know, every now and again, it's good that you guys get to hear from me. That's what I'm thinking. So um, if you guys like the podcast, don't forget, share it with your friends. Um, also, one of the things I wanted to talk about is coming up in 2020. We're going to be doing something new on 2020. So, um, I, I had a friend of mine that was got a VW and was asking me all kind of questions and how do you do this and how do you do that and all these things to do on his car. And I just didn't have the time to help him. I said, dude, just go on YouTube and search it. And then I'd start searching YouTube just to find a video and just to shoot it over to him. And the stuff that I was finding online was kind of was kind of like either super low quality video or just like one of those videos that I can't stand. Like if I'm looking how to if, if I'm looking at how to understand how to tune carburetors, I want somebody that's going to show me how to tune carburetors, not giving me a whole 15 minute introduction on them, their dog, you know, their garage. This is the tool. Like I want to know how to 
tune the carburetor. So um, we're going to be doing something unique for 2020. So Let's Talk Doves will be hitting our YouTube channel pretty hard. And I think I've decided what I'm going to do for 2020 is we're going to buy a bug. We're going to build a bug and we're going to give it away at the end of 2020. So that's what Let's Talk Dubs is going to do for you guys this year coming up. I wanted to announce that today so that you guys know what's going on. Those of you listening that are part of an organization that can help in sponsorship, we'd be more than welcoming any and all sponsorship that would be available in regards to parts for this bug. So um, we'll definitely be relying on some sponsorships pretty heavy. So, But we're going to do some complete videos. We're going to start with first the hunt for the, for the car. My budget for the car is going to be 2000 or less for a starter car. We're going to see how good we can find a car for 2000 bucks or less. Um, some people might say it seems a little thin on the cash, but I'm going to try to do this as if it was a car that I was going to build 15 years ago when I was newly married and wanted to get stuff done. So we may take some polls in regards to how you guys want to build it. Um, put a couple of polls on there, see if we want to do like cow look or if we want to do um, kind of a, a mild restoration, a resto custom, or maybe kind of leave it patina. But I probably won't do, I probably won't do patina. I don't know. Depends on how clean we can find an original bug because they're still out there, especially if you're talking, you know, anything from 65 to 67, you can get pretty good buys on. I'm looking for something that's not going to have very much rust on it. Um, don't want to do a lot of panel replacements and that kind of stuff. I want to keep a cheap and easy project to do uh, restoration, build a nice street motor, just a nice solid street bug. So we're going to go through that and we're going to break that whole thing down. We'll have it all. We'll do weekly videos each week at let's talk dubs where we break the whole car down, uh, explain how we're doing some things. Some short videos are not going to be, you know, 45 minute videos. We're going to get right to the point and then uh, hopefully you guys will appreciate the way that it's done because uh, like I said, I've been on YouTube watching some of these videos and they, they just really drag them out with a bunch of, in my opinion, unnecessary fluff versus just getting to the point, you know, so, and it also will give us some direction to get going to show you guys some how-to videos. So I'm sure my brother George will be helping and I'll grab some of these other guys that are local over here, some of my buddies to come help out and give a hand, but uh, that's the plan for 2020, man. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting that car picked out. I'm going to start hunting for it in the next week or two to be looking for this vehicle to uh, start this project on. So it'll be the Let's Talk Dubs 2020 giveaway that we'll give it away at the end of 2020. So if you guys want to get signed up to find out how to win it, go to letstalkdubs.com. The pop-up will come and say register and you've got to be signed up on our mailing list to get an opportunity to win this bug. We'll be working all the details after the first of the year, get all the legal stuff straightened out in regards to the giveaway and all that good stuff. So um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be pretty exciting to do. We'll also be restoring the Type 34 Gia, but uh, that's a little bit of a bigger project that needs some more metal work done to it. So after I get the metal work done, the Type 3 Gia may come on deck as far as getting uh, restored. But the bug project will be more for a quick in and out, uh, buy it, drive it, blow it apart, build it, and then have yourself a nice cruiser after that. So uh, we'll, the first thing that we'll do is we'll get it and see if we can get it running in the stock condition. Then once we get it running in the stock condition, then we'll start making a plan to, to go custom with it, mild custom, lowered suspension, performance motor, built trans, uh, aftermarket wheels and tires, and uh, new interior. So look forward to that, guys. Um, 
I don't think I got anything else for you guys today. Oh, if you guys did notice that I got my bus from Chris Walker, that I had him uh, custom make a Hot Wheels for me. And he, you can get a hold of him at Night Stalker Customs. He does uh, custom VW transporters. He'll build them any way you want. So send him a picture of your bus and he'll build it for you. He charged me $55. I think that's a heck of a deal for, you know, a hand-painted, hand-built car. It looks just like yours. And he even got mine down right to the twist. So check him out if you get a chance. And don't forget to let him know that uh, Built Let's Talk Dubs referred you to him. So uh, until next week, guys, this week's episode is a little bit of a short one, but I didn't want to leave you without a podcast this week. So I appreciate the support, guys. Don't forget, if you got a sticker, a T-shirt, or whatever you got, tag us, blow us up on Instagram or Facebook. Show off your Let's Talk Dub stickers, gears, and all that stuff. And don't forget, for 2020, go get signed up for our mailing list at letstalkdubs.com. So when we release the information on the 2020 bug, bug build and giveaway, you guys will be eligible to get on that. So don't forget, letstalkdubs.com, and get your information on our mailing list. Until next week, kids, we'll talk to you later.